welcome to the Profiles in Persistence show. I'm Dusty Rollins, founder and owner of Oxford Business Services. We help entrepreneurs and business owners maximize their profit and minimize their taxes. We believe there should be limits to how much the IRS can punish your success. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on this great inspirational daily podcast. Let's go. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Alan Koppelman. Alan is a longtime aficionado and professional in the payment processing world. And uh, it has had some of the most dynamic changes of uh, many industries in this most trying year of 2020. So Alan, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome. And thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Oh, thank you, Tom. My pleasure to join you. Alan, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Okay, so um, this, I founded um, this company, Nationwide Payment Systems, in 2001. Prior to that, I was in the hospitality industry. I was executive chef for a um, hotel management company for a number of years. Also owned a restaurant and, and a catering company. And then I found myself in the payment processing industry in uh, 1998, and then started this company in 2001. So uh, could you take us through some of the major uh, technological innovations you've seen in maybe the last five or 10 years in your space? Oh, five or 10 <laughs> In the last, like, let's see, the biggest change came, you know, basically was EMV. So, you know, EMV, which is stands for Euro, Visa, MasterCard, e, Euro, no, Euro, MasterCard, Visa, excuse me. Let's not mess up their moniker. You know, that's been used all over the world. And then, you know, in the U.S., you know, that started in October 2015. And that's probably one of the most drastic changes that's happened in this business, uh, you know, in the last in the last five years, because that basically everybody who had a machine, who had a point of sale system, who was using any kind of customer facing devices, had to upgrade their all their systems. You know, and we're still going through that because now the next point of it is this year, all the gas stations and car washes and everybody in that um, self-service, um, they have to comply with EMV now too. So could you, that's been could you the explain biggest, a little bit about change. what EMV is. EMV is the chip on your credit card. So the that's how they, pro, you know, by putting the chip in the machine that validates the transaction because those are a lot harder to spoof than, let's say, the magnetic stripe on the back of a card, which, you know, which caused a lot of fraud, you know, in our business uh, up until then. That was where the majority of the fraud came from. Fake credit cards, people could alter the magnetic, use a get a real credit card, but alter the magnetic strip so that it was actually a different credit card. I mean, there's a lot of scams in our business. So the EMV was a big change. And then many things came along with EMV, uh, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay, you know, any kind of like thing where you could take your phone and 
put it up to a machine and make a transaction or even you know you have credit cards that have NFC near field communication ability you can take your credit card and tap a machine some credit cards some of that was considered dangerous early on because they were using RIFD chips which is a radio frequency and there was a number of guys who showed oh yeah we can steal people's credit card numbers because of the radio frequency. So those are not used anymore. Um, those are not used too much. Now it's mostly just NFC. It's different. It has to be very, very close. has to be literally on top of the machine. You can be waving the car around, even waving your phone around. You got to literally be on top of the machine to process the transaction. So that, that technology has come a long way too. I've heard you describe payment as a service, and I was really intrigued by that. Could you explain uh, what that is and how you really market that or use that in your business? The way we use payments as a service is, you know, basically everything is becoming fintech now. So, you know, it's all, you know, you have to merchants and businesses, whatever, however you want to refer to them. You know, they need different types of technology today than they needed five years ago, 10 years ago, even a year ago, you know, before this pandemic started. You need different. So payments as a service is basically like we have software that we can um, equip businesses with. And that software has a number of different services inside of it. And what we did is, is we basically offer them all the services for one price. So they don't have to pay extra for, you know, oh, you want invoicing, you want a payment portal, you want to be able to take cards over the phone, you need to have 50 people that need to get a login IDs to log in. All everything is included under one, under one umbrella of software. So you can run everything. You can run your payment portal, your website. Your payments over the phone, your, you can send payments, you can request payments through emails, through invoices, through text messages. There's a number of different things you can do with the, with the, with the software. Well, it strikes me that that is hugely advantageous for your customers directly and also for your customers' customers as well, the end-using customer. Um, and that it allows your customers, the businesses, to plan out and utilize the information that's in their own records, in their own payments, uh, in their own receipts to plan forward. Would that that be a fair assessment? Yeah. Well, one thing is, is, you know, by using like our service versus using, let's say, a payment service. I don't want to make names, but, you know, these payment service companies that are out there, like, you know, the they're, when they're collecting data, they're using that data. When we're collecting data, we're not touching the data. The data belongs to the business. So they can see all, they have all the data. You know, they don't, obviously everything is encrypted, tokenized. And also the big thing is everything is hosted and it's in the cloud. So from a security standpoint, let's say you have 50 people working at home and they need to somehow touch, they need to get payments from people. You don't have to worry. They're not, how can you secure 50 people's laptops at your house? You can't do that. But because our system is in the cloud and they have to log in, they log into the cloud and they're in the cloud and they're not handling a credit card number. Plus they have the ability to send the request to the customer 
customer can put in the credit card number themselves and they don't have to deal with, you know, handling sensitive data, you know, because now everybody's, a lot of companies have a, they might have their office open, but they have some people working at home because they're older, you know, and I think that that trend is going to continue, you know, beyond this pandemic. So that you can actually enhance an overall risk management strategy around cybersecurity if you view uh, payment as a service and use some of the strategies you've talked about. Oh, yeah, you can definitely, you can, you're going to lower your PCI compliance, which is the industry standard of compliance for security, plus cybersecurity, plus you're not going to have to worry about how are you going to secure all these remote workers, you know, you know, all these workers that are working remotely, you're not, what are you going to do? People aren't, businesses don't have a budget to go to 50 people's house and put in the same system that you put into your office. So we alleviate that whole process. When when you uh, talk to your customers and, and bring that sort of message uh, sort of after maybe March 15th of this year, did that, did that message really resonate that you can bring a solution that is incredibly cost effective and actually is going to increase cybersecurity because of where we are now? Yeah, we went to a lot of existing customers. And in fact, a lot of people who we did demos for maybe prior to that within the last six months started calling us on the phone. Hey, we've got to get your system. We need it right away. We need to sign up right away. We have all these people working at home. And also our implementation is very quick. So we have a very fast implementation to doing that. And one of the biggest problems that businesses are still dealing with, but they don't want for, you know, whatever reason they don't want to change, you know, like a lot of companies that are, let's say the professional offices, like, you know, attorneys or CPA firms and things like that, where they're, or even sub people in the supply chain where they're used to just getting checks in the mail to pay bills. They got to get off that, you know, forget the check in the mail. You got to put up a payment portal, send out your invoice, click here to pay, because who's in the office to receive payments? You know, you have many people where everybody's working at home. So now where all the mail is going to, you know, where's all this, you know, you got to stop the flow of mail. We actually saw like electronic check processing on our existing customers and new customers that we brought on. They were shocked about how easy it was to implement the system. And not only that, they basically, they were telling their customers, don't mail us checks, go to the portal. You can pay by credit card or you can pay by check. And the people who want to pay by check just put in their routing and account number, you know, and paid by check. They, um, but basically, you know, e-check, electronic check. So in another life, I'm a lawyer, and that means I have to build customers. And now I find it incredibly irritating when a, uh, a company that I'm doing legal work for does not have a check, does not have a, a billing portal, and I have to do it the old-fashioned way and literally get a, a hard copy check mailed to me. Um, so that really led me to, to want to ask, how does the system, your system, really help the end-using customers? Is it simply someone like me who just sees an ease of billing or an ease of receipt of payment, or is there uh, other concerns? Well, you know, it makes it easier because consumers, you know, everybody's 
you know, as a consumer, you want to go buy something, you're going to Amazon, you're going to Instacart, you're going to your favorite store's website, and you're just processing your payments. And even, you know, utility companies, you know, they have, you go to their website and you make your payment, you know, the days of mailing checks in and on a consumer, on the consumer side, you know, that's being, that, that also adoption on that side is going up too, because what's happening is, is people, they don't want to mail, they don't want to write a check anymore. They don't want to put it in the mail. They don't want to stick a stamp on it, you know, and put it, you know, and mail and mail out a check. They just want to do it easy. That's why a lot of people even go through their bank and they use the bill payment through their bank for people who don't have e-check and they, they don't write the check. They just put it in their bank system and their bank mails a check out to the the customer, you know, because they, because they don't want to go to a website maybe. I mean, it's, you know, it's an age, it's an age thing too. So, you know, younger people are getting away from um, cash and checks and, you know, from, you know, cash and checks, they'll tell you, I've talked to some people and they're like, I don't even have a check. I don't even write checks. I don't have checks. I'm like, okay, well, you still, you know, you can do it. What's called ACH. All you need is your routing. You need to know your routing and account number. And that's how everything works. And people are getting used to that because like in the world of payroll, no, no bit, hardly a business now issues out a paper check to people. But when you go up in age and you're dealing with people, you know, I'm 60, but so you deal with people, let's say 50 and above, a lot of them, they're really into the, you know, they want to do, they want to do paper check, the paper check thing. They're not, they're not willing to change, you know, and businesses need to adopt because what's going to happen is, is if the business doesn't start to adopt and do these new, accept new forms of payment, new ways to let your customers pay. Customers are going to go, you know, this company's a pain, right? I like their product, but they don't have a convenient way for me to pay, you know? And I don't have employees in my office anymore, like writing out all my checks for me. And then I just have to sign them and they put them in the mail. And they think they're, you know, so they have to change, they have to adopt to this new to these new things because it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We're getting more and more requests for it, you know, every week from different companies, you know, like, Hey, we need to have electronic, we need to have a better way to collect our bills. Show us how, how do we do that? Show us how we collect our, you know, how we collect our bills. So that's important. So you've talked about, uh, or rather what I've heard is business efficiency I've heard better risk management strategy, better cybersecurity protection, and now you've talked about customer pressure. Uh, why on earth would anyone not want to, to look down the road and see this is this is not a nice to have? This is a must to have. Yeah, it's definitely a must have, and it's just you know, like I said, it's a matter of like we talk to customers all the time, and they're like, "Oh, it sounds really complicated." We're like, "It's not complicated. We give you a little piece of code." You give it to your web designer. They make a pretty button. says pay here. That's it. You just embed it on your invoices, embed it on your website. The person clicks and they pay. You know, what, what businesses don't understand is there's a cost to sending out an invoice. I attended a conference once and, you know, they were like, oh, how much does it cost to mail out an invoice? So one part, you know, they're asking business owners. They're like, oh, 
50 cents, a dollar, two dollars. Well, they did a whole study on it and it really cost them about between eight and twelve dollars to actually mail an invoice. So when you're talking about mailing an invoice, and then you have to talk about to them, you know, I talked to them about the time value of money. Okay, so what? You're paying a credit card fee. So what? You're paying a fee to take the electronic check, right? But you're getting your money faster. You know, when I talk to people and they say, oh, well, people mail checks to our office and then we let them sit in a pile. And then on Friday, we enter them into our accounting system and then we take them physically to the bank. They don't have the use of that money for like, first of all, they mailed the invoice out. Okay. And everybody knows you send out an invoice. It's due in 10 days, gets paid in 30 days. It's supposed to be due in 30 days. You get your money 60 or 90 days later. So you got to understand like all of that's costing you costing you money by not having your money. What we're doing is, is we're giving you a system and you basically got to, you know, customers don't even need to be educated like they did two or three years ago where we saw the adoption rate very slowly ramp up when we did this for some businesses. It's much faster now. The customers know what to do. They're familiar with paying online and they do it for their their home stuff, you know, their consumer stuff. And they want to do it for their business now too. So businesses, this is a, you know, this is a big opportunity for businesses to, you know, take and and with our system, like I said, we have an open API, plus we have a really quick implementation way how to do it too. But so, but we can also integrate into a number of different kind of software products, you know, so it, you know, that can be all smoothed out, you know, as far as like, you know, record keeping and all that. So from, from their standpoint. So um, we've touched on some of these, but I wanted to turn to uh, to your company specifically. And uh, it really seems like to me you've talked about a holistic approach uh, to payment, payment processing, and payment indeed as a service. Um, is that is your approach different than your competitors or others in your industry? I think most people in my industry, when they go talk to a client, the first thing they talk to them about is price. And we don't even, we try not to even discuss price with them. We want to find out how do you run your business? And, you know, some like a funny question, my business partner used to say, oh, if you had a magic wand and you waved it over your credit card machine, what would it do? You know, so it's the same thing. You know, what do you want? What, what, where do you see, what's your goals for your business? You know, what are your goals for your business? And we talk to them about that. And then we talk to them like, oh, what kind of technology do you use? What kind of software do you use to run your business? And then we go into like how we can help them, you know, how we can help them take all that and make it more efficient. Because if you're more efficient and you're collecting your money quicker, you know, your time value of money is going to be much better. So it's not going to price, you know, while price is important, you know that, you know, we discuss with them, you know, how we're going to help them, you know, save money. Because a lot of times, I mean, we've gone to businesses before and they're like, oh, well, we maintain a payment server in our office. Okay. How much do you spend on that? And I've had people tell me, oh, we're spending 20, 30, $40,000 a year. Okay. Take that. Boom, down that's zero. Okay. You don't need to maintain a payment server anymore in your office. Okay. Are you collecting full credit card numbers over the phone? 
Okay, boom, you don't have to do that anymore. So we start to increase, you know, efficiency of how they're handling their bills. Like if you have three people that are dealing with collecting credit card numbers over the phone all day, guess what? Now they don't have to do that. Or let's say you have people that you send a bill out to every month and they pay you 100, 200, 20 bucks, whatever it is, right? A thousand dollar a month fee. Instead of, instead of, you know, mailing them a bill, put it on, do automated billing, you know, recurring billing. So we show them how to make their operation run more efficient, increase their cash flow. You know, I'll give you an example. I had one company that was a bookkeeper and the guy had three employees <laughs> that would sit in a room all day calling up business owners, trying to collect their money. So we showed them how they could do this recurring billing, set it up. Hey, put all your new customers on here and then start getting everybody to adopt. You know, they got, you know, in, in less than a year that about an 80% adoption rate, three employees went to one employee. And the year later, that literally that employee's there, but not doing that anymore, doing something else. So, you know, you can, you know, that's, it's not just, you know, you're not, you're improving how you run your business because you're giving yourself cash flow. You know, you, you might be paying a little bit for that, but you're, you're giving your business a lot more cash flow and people, because people don't care. The recurring billing, everybody's, people just go on recurring, you know, want everything, you know, easy, e press the easy button, press the easy button, you know? So is your system scalable for businesses who either are hopefully in a growth mode, but even in a, in a rather dramatic growth mode? Yeah, we've, I mean, we have customers that use our system that are doing 10, 20 grand a month on the low side. And, you know, our largest customers are doing, you know, anywhere from three to $6 million a month in pro processing payments, you know, and then, you know, once we see, you know, and they, you know, they're collecting millions of dollars a month from businesses because they're sending out invoices. And instead of waiting for those businesses to mail them a check, those businesses now click a button and they just go pay the bill and they're paying their bills faster too. So we hear that from our customers because we go back and ask them, okay, what's your average, you know, how much money you guys have out on the, you know, what's out on the street right now? How has that been reduced? You know, when you talk to a company and they're like, yeah, people are paying their bill on time because they're paying their bill on time or they're paying, let's say someone owes you $2,000, but they don't have $2,000. Well, now they can put it on a credit card or maybe they'll put a thousand then they'll pay another thousand in a few more weeks on their credit card. And you don't have to be calling these people and hounding them down. So we know we've talked to companies that we've put this in and they tell us we there's dozens of companies our cash flow is improved our time value of money is improved everything is in, you know improved and we're giving our customers you know their customers a better exper customer experience you know on the payment side they don't have to call some i mean they don't have to call someone on the phone oh i need to pay my bill oh susie's at lunch then they forget and they call back three days later, you know, they click a button and make a payment. So we were recording this in uh, late December, 2020, obviously in the throes nine months now of the coronavirus health crisis 
And it it struck me in researching you, your company, and your business for this podcast that your business may have had as as much change as, as almost any other business uh, as companies have moved to dramatically different types of payment. Uh, ha, ha, is that true? And if so, what are some of the discussions you're having with your clients and customers about contactless payment or other forms of payment like people working from home? Yeah, they, you know, we talk to them and we, you know, with new customers and existing customers and we're like, okay, what are, what are your needs so that you can get paid faster from your clients? Because even if someone's open in their office, I'll give you an example. We have one client and their business is open, but that the staff who does the bookkeeping is older. So they're all working at home. So we put them on this system and they're so happy because now they're not getting phone calls on their cell phone at their house. They send the customer the bill, you know, the service has already been provided. The customer clicks a button, makes a payment. They see it in their email. They go make the, you know, mark, mark the invoices paid and they're done. You know, so it, it makes making things easier, especially as your workforce is spread out. And I think we're going to see, you know, one thing I think that, and I mean, I'm already seeing it now. Like we have some clients, like we're in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but we have clients all over the country. We have some customers that are in New York and like half of their employees moved out of the city. So they moved. Now that, you know, they have to all take payments. So we showed them the system and they're like, wow, this is exactly what we need. And they quickly got, they got up to um, about a 90% adoption rate right away with their clients. Like I said, people are used to paying their bills, their personal bills that way, you know? So it's an easy transition now to do that. Now it's just the, you know, businesses just have to have an open mind to, oh, are people really going to do that? You know, are they going to give up the paper check? You know, and that's what they're worried about. Uh, And you also talked about uh, millennials or whatever the next generation after millennials is really embracing the contactless, paperless society. And they view it as a lifestyle choice. And in some quarters, it's it's a cool choice. Um, And that businesses need to be aware of that. Is that also a conversation that your customer that's resonating with your customers? Yeah, customers, like if they don't have Apple Pay and Google Pay on their machine, some of them have it. They don't even know. They don't even know that they have it. I'm like, it's already on your machine. Go take your phone and go try it. It's already there. They're like, wow, I didn't know I had that. I'm like, well, you know, and they see it. They see like the younger people come in and they have it on their phone and they, you know, they put their phone to the machines and they know they know what to do. But then, other, you know, the only the bad thing is with Apple Pay. And the Google Pay and all that on your phone is kind of like there's there's like one little fallback to that right now of uh, of that when it first came out like 2015 2016 a lot of young people were using it but now you have one problem you got a lot of people wearing masks so when you put your phone up to to do your face you got to put punch in the code and you know you got to do a lot of stuff on your phone to make that payment. So, you know, once masks go away, I think Apple Pay, you know, will, you know, will go up, you know, I think we'll see a lot more adoption of it. It's kind of hard to use when you have a mask on your phone and you're in some place and people might be wearing gloves or whatever in a store 
and struggling to make a payment with Apple Pay. But, you know, I think like younger people are doing it more than the older crowd. Right. Uh, Let me change uh, now the the subject, if I could, to to Bitcoin and other forms of maybe non-monetary payment, if that's the right phrase. Is that something you're having to think about and talk to customers and potential customers about? Um, We do have some clients that have asked us about Bitcoin. Kind of the problem with Bitcoin is, is the, that you can't make a, a transaction on a credit card, literally just take, it's like fast, okay? A Bitcoin tr- transaction can take a lot longer than that. And that's kind of a problem when you're dealing with a volatile, like today, I think I looked this morning as I, fo- I own a little bit of Bitcoin still. <laughs> I'm not that brave. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I saw it was up to like $27,000. So, you know, when you're dealing with a volatile piece of, you know, a volatile currency like that, like, okay, like, do you, you know, that's the other thing is like, if you take Bitcoin, do you want to have Bitcoin? Or if you take Bitcoin, whatever, they do you want that company to turn it into fiat, which is, a, you know, currency, you know, U.S. dollars. So that you get U.S. dollars in your account, but the problem is, is like, let's say someone wants to go buy a house with Bitcoin. Is your bank going to go through the whole trouble of trying to? Re- they'll tell you go sell the Bitcoin and bring us the cash, you know? Because I'll I'll give you a, uh, an example. Um, I had bought some Bitcoin at probably around a thousand bucks a couple of years ago, and then when Bitcoin went crazy, went up to like twenty grand. I was like, man, I got to get rid of this. Well, let me tell you, you cannot get rid of like one, go online and just go, oh, I want to sell one Bitcoin. Doesn't work like that. You got to sell it in pieces. So you got to sell it in pieces and chunks and pieces and chunks. And it's not a very smooth transaction. I mean, I could imagine like somebody bought some Bitcoin at 2000 and now it's worth 27,000 and they got 10 of them. They're like, okay, now I'm going to go buy a house. Okay, well, you got to go cash it all out. And the difference between using, you know, dollars, U.S. currency versus Bitcoin is, you know, not everybody is going to accept a Bitcoin from you. I mean, Amazon used to take Bitcoins and then they stopped because it was too volatile. You know, I'm sure that they, you know, because how are they cashing them out? But now there's a few companies out there that say, oh, they can cash out these Bitcoins, but. I've experimented with it, like put it on, they have it where you can put it in like a credit, because now like credit card machines have completely changed. So back, whatever, that they've completely changed. Like in the last year or two, now most of the credit card machines are all Android based. So because they're Android based, you can put apps into the credit card machine. So they all look like little tiny iPads, basically. You know, it's like a big phone with a printer on it. So you can put apps in there and there is a company that has a a Bitcoin product that we represent, but it takes a really long time to do a transaction for a sizable amount of money. Like if it's a few hundred dollars, it takes, it takes, it takes four times as long as doing a credit card transaction. Unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself or your company, where could they go? You can go to, my website, which is npsbank.com. So 
That's our website. And all the information is on there about our software, our payments as a service, um, what we do for B2B companies. Uh, everything is on there. Ton of information. We just launched a new website like about 30 days ago. So that's also pretty exciting. So this is the first time in a podcast that I've said, if you're not using this system or a system like it, you need to, and you need to do it now. And you need to call Alan or at least go to his website and check it out because for, for there's so, so many reasons, business efficiency, business process, risk management, regulatory, and customer satisfaction and customer pressure. I hope you will uh, check out Alan's company and his system. Alan, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Oh, thank you very much. And yeah, the phone number is on the website, toll-free, 866-677-2265. So it's all easy. You can find me on LinkedIn and connect with me and we'll try to help you give you a live demo. Well, thank you, Alan. Thanks, Tom. Dusty Rollins here. Thank you so much for listening to Profiles in Persistence. If you are a successful business owner or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit thetaxcure.com slash podcast slash apply. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Profiles in Persistence. I love seeing your posts and your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes and go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, www.thetaxcure.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.